0: Caught Offside with Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. Oh, yes. Caught Offside in the suburbs of New York City in an apartment in Brooklyn, New York. Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney, a bonus late-night U.S. Men's National Team podcast. What's up, brother?
1: Oh, thank God for PFOC. <laughs> PFOC
0: of many names, yes.
1: Yes. Um not a great night, Andrew. Uh, a, a night, I think, that can be divided in two ways. If you're a surviving advanced person, this was just just fine for you. If you were looking for a performance to carry with you for signs of progress and for bigger games to come, this probably won't cut it.
0: Uh, no, you can be both. I would say I consider myself both of those things. Look, it's much better to play poorly and win than it is to play poorly and lose, at least in a competitive tournament setting. I mean, like the loss to Switzerland, sometimes I think losses in friendlies can actually be constructive and helpful and ego checks. Um, So I was, I'm, I'm okay with that. But tonight I would have been genuinely disappointed had they lost, but I am still not happy with what this looked like. We will get into all elements of this game uh, from the CBS studio crew all the way through uh, the performances of these players for the U S men tonight. Um, and like you said, it was, it was not a thing of beauty. Um, you know, it's funny, JJ, as I was kind of, as I was watching this, I sort of kept hearing Steven Mandis in my head. Um, our guest from a couple weeks ago, who had just That's written disturbing. the book. You should get
1: that checked out by a psychologist. <laughs> he had
0: written the book, what happened to the US MNT. Um, And remember, the message that he kept preaching to us over and over again was about, um, you know, this group of individual players that, you know, just because they're of a similar age, it does not necessarily mean that this is going to be a cohesive unit, they're coming from all different backgrounds, they play in all different leagues, they play on all different teams, there is not a lot of unanimity between these guys and it felt like that a little bit tonight watching this game it didn't feel cohesive it didn't feel like a unit that has really gelled yet and maybe you know that can be frustrating to watch maybe it's a little bit understandable at times um this was maybe the first truly competitive match that they've played since 2019 in this tournament against cuba um so you know they're still kind of feeling it out, and I think that was that was evident tonight.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think that's a kind interpretation of what we saw. I think if you if you want to go down a more harsh road and and, and throw away the mantis voice in the back of your head, and go with the fact that maybe some of the personnel didn't work out, maybe centre midfield is a real problem. Um, maybe as the the guys at the scuffed podcast who always uh, tweet well and pod well around the U S men's national team. Um, they tweeted, it feels like disorganize the opponent with the ball, which is of course a Greg mantra pretty quickly develops or devolves into give the rock to geo or Christian and watch. And that was certainly the first half. Um, asking John Brooks to do far too much on the ball. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your goalkeeper, clearly, although he made a crucial save at the end with his foot to stop an equalizer, which would have taken us to penalties, um, your goalkeeper, looking like at stages in the first half, he isn't playing much football, which he isn't.
0: Yeah. Well, how, how do you want to do this? You want to go through this in, in order of when things occurred? Or do you want to kind of go through this player by player? You tell me. You, you lead the way here.
1: Well, l- let's go about in, in the order of the game. Okay. I, th- I think that's a good way to go. Sure. Um, I've taken some notes here. All right. Well, I, you know, I think uh, Honduras, I thought, started brightly. And I want to give them their credit because they don't ever fail to show up. Very rarely do they fail to come and make it difficult and to make things conca cafe and to get stuck in. And they've got some, they've got some decent players that we know, uh, Elise being one of them. Uh, but they, I, I thought they were, I thought they were, you know, They started brightly, they pressed. It's almost as if, you know, they had a pretty clear... Like, they divided the game into stages for me. Honduras pressed a little bit, and then they dropped off a little bit. And then in the second half, they dropped off almost entirely and were happy to allow our centre-backs to have the ball and kind of smother Reyna and smother Pulisic. Um, I thought, you know, the mantra in the studio at CBS at the end of the game from uh, Clint Dempsey, Deuce, was that if we'd taken our chances early on, those early chances, you know, the reign of chance, which he drags past the post after some lovely play from Dest and the creation of space by Dest and some quick feet, that was on nine minutes. Then, you know, we might be home and hosed by the middle of the first half. There was the McKinney free header over from a corner. There was Pulisic's clever ball to Legit. Uh, the cross was cut out. Um, so yeah, there were early chances too after a bright Honduras start, but I thought Honduras generally kind of found their footing then pretty quickly. And and the first half was a drudge for the U S as was most of the second.
0: Well, we'll get to the second half. That's
1: yeah, I know. I'm just, that's a story I'm, unto itself.
0: Let's stick with the first half because the first half aside from the fact that a goal was scored in the second half, I thought the first half was far more eventful. Um, you mentioned, the um, you know, the first fifteen minutes were pretty interesting at both ends. Both teams came out and looked like they wanted to 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 play. Essentially, mm. I mean, Jackson Ewell was forced into making a nice defensive recovery early on for the U.S., and then then the U.S. came right back after that. And like you said, that led to the great chance for Gio Reyna, which may have may very well have been the U.S.'s best chance of the game until the goal itself. Uh, occurred late on. Mm. I thought Gio Reyna played really well, at least in the first half. The second half, again, like I said, we'll get to that. It became a slog, but Gio Reyna was—he was very attack-minded in the first half. You know, I, I think, like everyone out there tonight, he probably could be a little bit better at times in the final third. Um, But like I said, that's almost a blanket criticism of the U.S. in this game. I thought, but. For me, in terms of taking the initiative and trying to make things happen, I thought Reina was was definitely uh, a mm. bright spot. It's crazy to think this was his first competitive match.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know the way a certain uh, certain tasks like bricklaying or uh, you know heavy machinery work, they they callous the hands, and so for the future, your hands are much tougher for what's to come. This was a callousing game for Reina tonight because. I, Honduras were not afraid to to tackle, win the ball sometimes, most often than not, not win the ball with two-footed lunges that you you have to say in European football there would have been a lot more yellow cards and certainly not one. I mean, the first card was a uh, came in the 56th minute for a foul on a, on the aforementioned Reyna. Um Yeah, look, I, I I thought I thought there was a couple of times we we you know you, you will look very uncomfortable in the first half, Andrew, and you know in that kind of number six role. Um, he, he couldn't really find space for himself to get on the ball, to get progressive passes going. Often that responsibility was left to John Brooks, who had kind of mixed results with that. And and also, even even from the defensive point of view, there was far too many times where John B- Brooks was coming out of position to almost play like a defensive midfielder and try and foul or try and win the ball. More, I mean, more often than not, he ended up fouling the Honduras player when they are back to goal. Um, but like there was... The middle of that second half, there was some real worry. Like that Honduras free kick that Stefan gets completely caught under. That was,
0: that was still the first half.
1: Yeah. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, I thought you said the second half. No, no, first half. Um, middle of the first half. And, yeah. um,
0: 27th minute. Um, yeah. Stefan comes. I don't know if he misjudges it. Uh, if he doesn't, oh, he definitely does. If he doesn't quite realize that there's a Honduran player over there. Uh, I don't know, but, I mean, it was it was easily the most harrowing moment of this match, I thought, for the U.S. And God bless Josh Sargent. He's not scoring a ton of goals. But if you're keeping them out like that at the other end, I guess you're doing something to help. So, yeah, and and in fairness, it was was one of the biggest moments, probably the second biggest moment of the game for the U.S. And uh, Zach Steffen. I guess like, again, like everyone else out there, I thought his night was a little bit uneven because you had that, which was not a good moment, but then he's saving one V ones in the second half. You know, he
1: had moments where he came up big as well. There was a few too many of those one V ones as well. You have to, you have, you'd have to ask questions about how that, how that happened so regularly, but you're right. Honestly, Andrew, the thing about Stefan is uh, he's got to play more and there was a kind of a feel good glow about the fact he'd be on the bench for Manchester city in the champions league final. And I understand that it was nice to say we have two Americans there, but he doesn't play regularly enough for city and it doesn't look like he will get that chance. And so, you know, you, you kind of want him to, to find a place where he's going to get lots of games, even if it's not at the best team in England, it's, you know, it, goalkeepers have to play they can get away with it for a while but eventually they have to play sergeant then was busy three minutes later a great cross from uh, anthony robinson um the header was a bit of a camera save it was a bit central but still it had to be saved and uh, the honduran keeper did it and then pulisic was in 1v1 um played in by uh, by reyna and that was i felt like that was a how shall i put it that a marker in the game that was the last of the big u.s chances after that it became much more difficult as you know Honduras sat in a bit and played on the break but also Honduras kept disrupting our attempts at midfield play kept stealing the ball away kept smothering Pulisic kept kicking Reyna um, and things kind of got very conca they got caught, they did, but also Honduras were well, well organized and and you got that creeping feeling as the game developed that it's more likely Honduras will score on a break here and catch the US off, off guard than it is that the US will score themselves.
0: Yeah, I mean the US were pushing forward. They had that high line, which left a lot of space in behind. And you're right, it led to a couple frightening moments for the US. We mentioned the 1v1 where Stefan came up big. There were a couple of those. Um I think one was nullified afterwards by a late offside flag going up but there were some there were some frightening moments there i i would say that there was just kind of looking at, at the entire team there there wasn't really any group like the whether it be attacking uh midfield defense goalkeeper i, I was not I, I wouldn't look at any group from this team tonight and say okay they really filled me with confidence no i'm not saying that i i'm i'm down on the team i'm i'm guessing i I'm just looking at tonight's game. I'm not using this on a on a, you know to make any broader point about what I think of this team. I'm just talking about this performance tonight. I just I don't know. I'm, well, do again, you, I'm glad they won, but it just kind of was a blah performance.
1: Yeah, it was a blah performance. But like like look look at some of some of the things that we've noticed over the past few friendlies that we've got excited about. Like say when Dest or whoever the other fullback is are kind of tucked inside making those uh, they're not really inverted, but those those penetrative runs inside rather than overlapping. So they'd be underlapping runs inside. We didn't really see any of that. Okay, that's one thing. Uh, Sebastian Legette, who was a bright spark generally for the team. Andrew, it was about as poor as he's been for the side uh, in a long time. In the first half, failed to control a ball where he would have been through. Um, didn't get to it, should have got there. And then in this, I think it was... I think it was in the second half, I counted two free kicks from him that failed to clear the first yeah. defender. Like the set pieces were really, really poor. He yeah, had that- they, they they had two set pieces tonight that
0: I thought, oh, nice. Uh, there was the one, both off corner kicks, one where, yes. like you mentioned, McKinney had a free header. I mean, there, JJ, there was no one within like five
1: yards of him on any no, side. He just had to get up. A, it was just maybe a fraction too high, just a yeah. fraction. He had to get a bit uh, up a bit too much. And then... Uh, shortly
0: after that, I think it was, they had kind of the design set piece where it that was, was nice. played somewhat short on the ground rolled to Dest, who mm. then kind of fired one towards net, which was blocked. But I like the general design of that and, and the thought process that went into it. But other than that, you're right. LeJet had a few, like you said, that didn't make it past the first man. There weren't really any others that were truly threatening that I can think of. It was, And they had a fair amount of them. I mean, there were a lot of corners tonight for the US. I give them credit getting into that uh, get, getting those as often as they did. Uh, but yeah, just not enough, not enough there. I'm sure Alexi Lalas was probably rolling his eyes many, many times tonight with set pieces, set pieces, set pieces.
1: Yeah. I, I just a couple other units. I wanted to talk about number six. I, did, I didn't think you will got on the ball enough. I don't think he fulfilled his screening duties that he would have had as a center midfielder in that playing in that position. Well, um, his, sometimes his passing was wayward. He was caught in possession a little too often not really working for me and it makes you cry out maybe for tyler adams in that position Um, not only that um asking john brooks to do a lot of things so i noticed honduras would press up on our midfield but they were happy to let brooks and mckenzie have the ball because you know i I mean brooks can pay a decent diagonal he's a good passer he's he's
0: he's a good passer
1: i i i think you're still asking too much of him you know you want someone to drop in have the centre-back split if possible, like Adams did. I think it was the friendly against Jamaica where he'd drop in, the centre-backs had split, he'd collect the ball, and they'd, begin, they'd start the, the process of, of playing and playing in a pattern. Uh, that can't happen if it's Brooks on the ball. I'm sorry. He, he, he's fine. He's he's okay, but he's. I don't want it constantly. Honduras do. Opposition teams will. And there was one moment, it was around the 45th minute, Brooks is on the ball looking to play out, loses it, at least gets in behind. Skins McKenzie. Mm-hmm. He squares the ball. The ball flashes across the goal. And I'm thinking, that's one, um, that's one nil. That was the one right before half, right? Right before halftime. Yeah. So we got lucky there. Um, and, and also, Christian Pulisic, I think, uh, big problem for me is he was dropping so deep to get on the ball, he'd turn and then he'd get hacked or fouled. And in calf, perfect for an opposition. That's perfect. First of all, the likelihood of a yellow card is minimal. Minimal you're fouled 50 yards from goal or 40 yards from goal, and you can sit in and, and, and regain your shape. So Pulisic and that didn't really work. He tried to stay deeper in the second half as the U.S. line defensive line compressed the play and advanced anyway, but there was just no space to do anything. Yeah, um, he,
0: he was fairly ineffective, I would say.
1: Yeah, um, and, and but I, there was a, a stat that the CBS team put out midway through the second half. He had 32 touches on the ball, which was like the second least... Of an outfield player, and that's not that's not good enough for your best player. But it's also you have to find him and you have to create patterns of play to use the Greg Berhalter term to disrupt and to get him on the ball and to get him in between the lines. And it didn't really work. And and I also thought we just didn't get the ball wide enough. We were very narrow in our attack. I thought a couple of times we could have we could have done something. Maybe trying and switch the play quicker and get those those flying uh, wide players uh, down the line, get them into position a bit more, find the spaces in behind, didn't happen. The narrowness
0: um, in attack, is, is. I'm glad you brought that up because that no. was a criticism that I saw uh, from people about the Switzerland performance as well. And I'm wondering now if that's twice within the span of a week where we're talking about that being an issue for this team in the final third, If if some sort of tactical change maybe should be made to try to widen... Uh, the it, attack
1: it's funny uh, because in the first half there was a switch to to either legit or Dest a diagonal that found them in space wide and then there was one to uh, to pulisic uh pulisic that that shot overshot him and he put his hand up and he did the little oh yeah and there was another one actually to give you credit he did a diagonal but it was more of a cross ball which legit failed to control mm-hmm. but they didn't do it very much and it was a kind of a an obvious way to try and put maybe Honduras on their back heels is to play a diagonal ball. But, but then again, I say that that's when Honduras were playing out a little bit. We're trying to play once they sat in, it made it much more, much more harder to do that.
0: Yeah. The second half. Um, So when I was taking notes tonight, my, my first half notes, I have a lot written down many moments that stood out to me. JJ, the second half was (laughs) such a painful and difficult watch. Some of that, the US's fault. They just weren't, very good i think players were starting to tire i was a a little bit surprised that triple g waited as long as he did to make a substitution i think it wasn't until what was it like the 74th or something when
1: something like that when
0: he finally made a a change um and then let's be honest let's call let's call it what it is honduras just i mean they literally stopped playing i mean i would say from like the 58th minute to the 70th minute so 12 minutes of real time we might have had what like three to four minutes of actual soccer being played it was just one guy going down after another after another i don't know how much of this was just like the dark arts as you say i don't know how much of this was honduras being asked to play a game in the high altitude of denver um, and guys who were genuinely exhausted and genuinely cramping up uh, I don't know, but what I do know is that it made for just a brutal watch. It brought the game to a screeching halt. And if that was by design, I mean maybe Honduras either they a wanted to get to penalties, B just wanted to slow down what they thought was maybe somewhat of a threatening U.S. attack, or, ding, or ding, C, ding, I guess ding, ding, it could ding, be ding. all of these things. All yeah.
1: those things, probably all those things. Um, I saw it sucked though, is what uh, it did. It, it was sucked. it was it was hard to watch. You saw the the uh the young ladies that were part of the stretcher, they were the first stretcher battalion who were coming on to strap in Honduran players. And um, I I don't want anyone to take me the wrong way here, but one of those injuries where the Honduras player was down was clearly not an injury. Mm -hmm. So the sight of him being put on a stretcher by uh i don't know are they students i don't know are they medical staff in training or are they fully qualified i don't know but there was something really pathetic about that image that there was like six people carrying this guy off who had nothing wrong with him all right and then there was the second battalion who came in (laughs) later who were who were uh, a male battalion carrying other people off it was like the psalm um except with cramp and uh, lots and lots of spray uh, which the psalm did not have um and I also saw, the. if we're going to talk about weird stuff, uh, I would describe Maynard Figueroa as the most experienced player on that field tonight by some distance at 38 years of age and his Premier League experience, uh, experience and, and everything else, international experience. <laughs> his tackle on Reyna in the box. Two-footed, like flying... Kung-fu tackle. Now, he got the ball, so he got away with it. Got away with it is the only way to describe it. Like, it was such kind of craziness because it only takes for one more nick at the ball from um, from Reyna, for, for Reyna to be seriously injured, but also for it to be a penalty. Uh, now, quickly after that, Lozano was denied by Stefan on the break. I think that was an offside, though. But even still, the, the danger was there. Um yeah, that's my, my notes. Uh, my notes are very, very like sixty-five minutes. You had the Elise break and the shot, which was offside though. He blazed it over the bar. Mm-hmm. But there was one other interesting thing. I wa- I wanted to two other th- interesting things that had uh, not that much to do with actual play. A uh, Bearhalter coaching on the sideline uh, was very. It was very clear what he was saying. So Reggie Cannon comes on. I remember he kicked one straight out over the line. He tried to yeah. roll about a twelve-yard pass, and it goes out over the line. And did you see what Barry said to him? Uh,
0: I could. I saw he said something, but I couldn't read his lips. No, he said I, I, ten, could, I thought. I, at some
1: point, I thought he said ten minutes, ten minutes around uh, the eightieth. But uh, I, yeah, maybe I he said that. I thought he said, "Take your time. We have space. Trust me."
0: Hmm.
1: Or maybe it was, "Take your time. We you have." Read, you read his lips. You could tell that that's what he said. He said, "Trust me." At the end, that was the one part I can be absolutely hundred percent sure about. And I thought that was that was curious. It was like he's trying to get them. Don't force things play it inside keep possession trust the process um, and also tyler adams getting booked was kind of funny <laughs> that was a very confusing
0: sequence i couldn't tell who was being booked until a couple a minute or so later they said it was
1: what did he do he ran on the field i i think he was he may have been shouting or mouthing or he would or he'd come onto the field or out of the technical area to give instruction or whatever but you know it was weird because yeah, people are getting Kung Fu kicked around the place on this field. And, and uh, that's the yellow that needs to be delivered. To yeah. And, the,
0: and and then the, the yellow that Honduras finally got for the tackle on Gio Reina, uh, the late tackle
1: Diego from, Rodriguez in the 57th minute. Yeah.
0: I thought it was even later than that. I, I thought it was from Costa who came on for oh. Honduras who stepped on his, who stepped on Reina's foot as he was unleashing the pass down the field. Um, I mean, yeah, he he took a beating tonight. I guess that's what's going to happen. Look, like I said, oh. he was maybe he was probably the U.S.'s best player. He was definitely their most involved. And so if if you're going to decide to be involved in a CONCACAF game of import, this is what's going to happen to you.
1: I, I, I think, like I said, it, this was a callousing experience. He is a hardened man uh, going forward. He knows what's going to happen now. And think think about I always think back to that game in the last ill-fated World Cup qualifying in Honduras where we got that late. Was it a Bobby Wood goal to equalize? One-one. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Remember that? The place was stadium was absolutely packed. It was roasting hot. The field was both hard and the grass was quite long, which was a something that Dempsey noticed. And I just couldn't help but think about our Champions League players our Adams, our Tylers are, are, are also thinking about Musa guys like that, who I was, I was surprised we didn't see Musa tonight, but that's another point. Um, you know, what we saw tonight in Denver, this is only the tip of the iceberg, my friends. And a lot of these guys have yet
0: to see it. JJ, this was the, um, what was the stat that I saw tonight? That the average age of the U S is starting 11 was 23 years and 259 days old. Yeah, uh, The second youngest fielded by the U S men's national team in an official competition. I mean, it's, you know, this is, this is what we wanted. Like this is, you looked out on the field tonight and like there's no Michael Bradley, there's no Tim Ream. There's no Josie Altador. This is essentially with, with a couple exceptions, you know, maybe, uh, certainly Tyler Adams, Eunice Musa, another one, but like, otherwise, this is, this is your team folks. And like, and to be honest, I almost don't even really want to hear, you know, again, not downplaying the absence of a Tyler Adams. He's very important. But like, I, I, unless it's Pulisic that's not playing, I almost don't want to hear the excuse ever again of, well, yeah, but we didn't have so-and-so tonight. Okay? Like, here's a news flash for everybody. I've been watching U.S. soccer for a really long time. So have you. So is pretty much everybody listening to this podcast. We're never going to be 100% healthy. Doesn't that's happen. Just the nature of the game. That's not an American thing. Look at England. Trent Alexander-Arnold, gone. I like this is just the nature of the of the international game this time of year. Players who are coming off long seasons, it's tough to be physically fit right out of the gate in these high-stakes games. So this is just how it is. You're gonna have to have a deep squad. Jackson Ewell, uh, Reggie Cannon, guys like this, they're gonna have to be ready to step in and, and perform. And uh tonight I would say no, didn't didn't really happen. But like I said, it's it's a win. It is surviving advance and on we go. Sunday, there will be a, uh, a chance to win some some hardware.
1: Let's talk uh, about the goal before we, we get out. Sibichu, um, Brooks on the ball, clips one to McKenney who was inexplicably marked, and it was about the only ball that was going to penetrate Honduras all night. Um, McKenney powers his header right into the path of Sibichu, and I think Aronson was in front of it, which disrupted the defender's view of the ball coming through.
0: I was almost worried he was going to touch it. Yeah. You could see that Sibichu was in
1: line to score that goal. And I was just hoping, Oh, I hope Aronson doesn't screw this up. And uh, Sibichu took it well up off the bounce. And um, Andreas Cordero on commentary after the goal said he was surprised by Brooks being the one to initiate the attack for the goal. I'm paraphrasing, but that's pretty much what he said. But like, who else would it have been? Think about it. Like, Brooks was on the ball they were happy to let the center backs be on the ball and as they fell deeper and deeper Brooks and 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 McKenzie got further up the field so it was actually more likely to be him than any of the midfielders certainly not Ewell certainly not Acosta who came in uh it it made total sense to me that that was what was going to happen and um thankfully they were able to execute and um it was I mean it was a pretty well-worked goal
0: I don't know. Uh, Maybe I think more highly of Brooks as a passer than you do. I'm getting that sense from this conversation. No,
1: no, 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 no. It's, it's not so much that he can't pass or he's not that good of a passer. He's decent. He is decent, but he was on it all night long. He had a cup, like I said, I mentioned before he had the ball where he, he, he tried to ping it in, gave it away. And suddenly he's caught up the field and they're in behind that happened. i twice, I think, but um I'm just saying it was more likely to be him to hit the pass than it was any of our midfielders who were. I mean, certainly wasn't going to be legit. It wasn't going to be Yule. It wasn't happening for them. They weren't able to, or they couldn't find the gaps to do it. Um, so yeah, it was it was likely to be Brooks. He was, I'd love to see Brooks's amount of time on the ball, his touches on the ball. That'd be some interesting stats, um, which we might um have a look at maybe later. But um again, wasn't over. Even at one-nil, it wasn't over. There was well, that long ball. That went to Elise, who who beats Brooks, yeah, um, bit too easily for my liking, and um, and Stefan comes up with a good a good foot save, uh, with his right foot, and um, and and basically ensures that we don't go to uh, go to any more drama tonight.
0: Um, back to the goal for a sec. Okay. So, preparing for Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we, we keep talking like earlier this week, we did a podcast talking about the U S in the wake of of the Switzerland game. And, you know, I, I spoke about Josh Sargent and how I like him. There's clearly a player in there who is good, who, who can, who can score goals. I think um, who can be a playmaker. Uh, I know that, but for whatever, for whatever reason, any number of reasons, it is not necessarily translating into actual physical goals. Uh, And Sibichu comes on and and gets one right away. Um, And you know he he had an excellent season for young boys, whereas Sargent's was probably a little more uneven for Werder Bremen. I get it, completely different leagues. Um, But I just wonder now, okay, so Sunday, with a chance to win a trophy here and and win this tournament, and you want to go out and play your best 11, I, I want... It feels to me like Cebitu should probably be the choice.
1: Yes, uh, I, I'd like more of a chance to see what he can do. You know, in his build-up play, how is he with his back to goal, things like that. But it's not, it's not really happening for Sergeant. Even though he cleared one off the line, he had that header. But that
0: that was a great moment. But that's not what he's really there to be doing.
1: No, I know. There was a couple of times. Again, he he suffered from a lot of what was happening. Uh, there was there was more than one time where uh, it was either Brooks or someone played the ball and he'd come short, way, like way short, right into the midfield. Take a touch it to go back to Ewell or to someone, and that's not really what you want to see him doing. So I know tonight was uh, was another game without a goal. He wasn't overly impressive, but I mean, if if we're if we're looking at how few touches Pulisic got if we're looking how difficult it was for our midfield to find the forwards then surely we have to, we have to say that the same thing happened for, for Sargent that he was in the same position I actually think he'll start again mm-hmm. okay. I think well, Bear ba- we'll Baer, Halter will start him again
0: one note on the goal so Sibichu's goal 88 minutes and 8 seconds that was the latest game winner by a USA player in an official match since Aaron Johansson 92 minutes 39 seconds on october 15 2013 do you know the significance of that game this is a tough one october 15th. october 15th 2013 that jj was mm. that infamous match where the u.s in a world cup qualifier with nothing at stake came back and beat panama three, two in stoppage time oh. to eliminate Panama in a game that they had everything to play for. And it was the game that allowed Mexico into the playoff qualifiers for the world cup. Mexico was, they were gone. Like they it was they were done. They were going to be out of the world cup and the U S for no reason came back in dramatic fashion and beat Panama that night. And that eliminated the Panama I remember who was it after that game, um, members of the U S talking about how the Panamanian players were basically pleading with them. Stop. Like, why are you doing this? Please don't do this to us. But they couldn't help it. It was just the U S they were just going to play till the final whistle and they beat them. But yeah, this was this tonight was the latest goal since that one.
1: That and night. further copper fastening the U S is great standing in Central America. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah thanks by um, the way to mexico for reciprocating uh, a couple of years ago
1: yeah yeah absolutely uh, just um just a quick one that i found kind of interesting because we are obviously recording straight after the game so we haven't got too much reaction except our own thoughts and the notes that we have put down but i saw charles uh bohm the uh the journalist mm-hmm. uh, had some quotes from Bearhalter. Uh, <laughs> Bearhalter. first of all we advanced to a final we're happy, and this game is exactly what we needed when you think about the level of competition, the competitiveness of the game. Some of these guys have never seen that before, so really happy with how they dealt with it. Now, if you're trying to tell me that Christian Pulisic and, and Giovanni Reina, who play in the Champions League, have never seen... He's not talking about them.
0: No, he's, you know talking,
1: a, he's talking about something very, very specific, which we alluded to earlier, which is is CONCACAF. And, um, and I think he's right uh, because the World Cup qualifiers are going to be, well, hopefully now uh, that they will experience this and they'll have the Gold Cup in the summer and hopefully they go very, very deep in that. That will mean that there's, there's no surprises for what's to come in, in Conquercraft World Cup qualifying. That should, that this squad, um, these sheltered pampered European stars of ours will be under no illusions as to what's to come and, and that that is that is something that you can't you can't underestimate how important that is the refs aren't going to give you freeze you you get every week in week out in the Bundesliga or the Premier League the pitches aren't going to be as pristine as you're usually playing on the conditions are going to be that bit more different hostile um, and things are not going to go your way and also the aggression of the opponent um conca calf if i'm if i'm to use what the teenagers say these days andrew they Concacaf has no chill zero chill whatsoever no.
0: it's never that's never been more beautifully summed up than in the uh the gold cup when the u.s lost to jamaica and remember they they called that handball on brad friedel as he was releasing the ball um, or yeah. not Brad Free, Brad Guzan. I'm sorry. Right on the edge of the the ball the, Like, like a play that probably happens 15 times in every single game, oh, but like stop. that's, that's, we're calling it, we're calling it now. And sure enough, Jamaica scored. Um, uh, something I wanted to ask you about, we haven't really talked about this, but it, mm. it kind of came to my mind just now, as you were talking, um, about, so the U S are playing their a squad. Bearhalter's halters talking about, you know, guys who haven't, who aren't necessarily accustomed To what they're gonna be, what what's going on here in CONCACAF. They're used to their leagues, that style, you know, whatever. That's that's what they've seen. And now they're gonna be introduced to a new way of playing. And I think about that, and I think about wanting to get these guys as accustomed as possible to playing here, to playing with this group, and to playing in these sorts of CONCACAF conditions. And, And it makes me wonder, I'm not blaming anyone per se, but the frustration of deciding to play essentially your a squad for these two games. And then the gold cup, my guess is, I mean, already Borussia Dortmund have denied Gio Reyna and, you know, because it's that tournament is going to overlap with Borussia Dortmund preparations. Right. Um, and we're going to be seeing that over and over again in the weeks to come, I'm sure. And, and so I think, you know, we've known for quite some time now that the gold cup is going to be much more of a B squad uh, an MLS lineup. And I just, I just wonder about the frustration of that, of, of the gold cup, possibly being a more games for these guys to have been able to play together b a more uh, a more conventional tournament setting you know just like a, a better rehearsal for a, a world cup um and, and i just wonder like it's it's frustrating that 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 can only happen here where our preeminent tournament in, in this region gets you know players who, like this is this is like this would not happen in copa america this would not happen in the european championships But like the Gold Cup, where we would want our best players playing together, more games, tournament setting, here it doesn't happen. And that's frustrating to me.
1: Yeah, it is frustrating, but there have been instances in the past, was it the 2015 or the tournament where players joined after the group stages? Mm -hmm. So there were were more senior posts. So we don't know. Maybe dispensations will be made for our better players to play but
0: as the tournament progresses. It's only the problem is the gold cup is late this year. Mm. And so as it gets closer to the start of domestic leagues, players are going to be pulled away for their preseasons. Like I said, Reyna, Borussia Dortmund has already ruled him out. Um, And so that that's just going to be how it is. We're going to see, it's going to be more of an MLS based unit. um, I'm guessing for that tournament. And that's, that's just kind of frustrating to me
1: it is it is to be um, honest
0: I, I don't have a ton else to say this game just generally was not a, a lot of fun i'm glad we won the goal was dramatic anytime you score a late goal to advance to a final of a tournament is that's a fun moment but on the whole i didn't love this game really jj my uh my mvp of the night dude i did not a expect to see clint dempsey on television like when right. he retired I kind of, I think we even talked about it. I was like, well, his personality, he's just kind of like a little more reserved. Like Mm. I, I think this is it. I don't think, I think maybe we'll see him paraded out for like ceremonial stuff, but like, I think now we all say goodbye to Deuce. Um, And not only is he now on television, which I didn't expect, but he's really good. He's real. I, I love watching him and hearing from him and his insight and his enthusiasm. Like, that was so awesome. I, I uh, watching him do this.
1: I think I saw the insight, or I, I think I saw the enthusiasm. I, I thought I saw the back and forth. I think he enjoyed things. I'm not sure I got very much insight. Um, but that's a panel that's Oguchi Oniewu, Clint Dempsey, Charlie Davies that's really settling in. So hopefully it gets better. I wasn't as impressed as everybody else was. But you don't um, like anything, no, no, it's, generally it's,
0: speaking, in life.
1: All right. It's he showed of your he, thing to not like He things. showed up, I mean, 20% of the conversation was about having, you know, whether he'd wear the shades or not. Okay, um, that was pretty good. Um, I I, th- I thought what was re- the most entertaining thing for me pre-game was um, uh, Gucci O'Neill just kind of subtly disagreeing with every point or not even in some cases, not so subtly disagreeing with every point that Charlie Davis made. <laughs> I thought that was good. But yeah, no, I wasn't... Um, nice to see him it's good to see him but um hmm. hoping for more just like this u.s men's national team hoping for more
0: you 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 just you no, just have
1: no. to be unapologetically you hey i give you credit no i'm it's what? it's an approach to life no, i suppose seriously you're annoying me now if you want me to oh. come on and lie about things i then do fine. that's exactly what i want right right okay that that was great ted lasso is great and oh, you know there nice. we are I, I, I don't know why you do this. Just You can't accept me for me. It's not made up. I accept I, it. I'm giving my opinion. I, I, I'm, glad, I'm glad everyone got such a buzz out of seeing him. And um, it'll be good to see him develop as, a, as an analyst. It's, I'm sure it's not something that's very easy doing live TV. Good luck to him. Looking forward to it. Incredible. You, you, you did this. Poisoning did this. the end of the show.
0: It's just so sadly predictable.
1: It's not. Uh, it's-
0: Sunday, we'll be in a final.
1: We will be in a final. We don't know with whom it, it shall be yet. As, as we go to record, it's uh, 0-0 between the Mexican national team and the Costa Rican national team. Yeah. Uh, no sense
0: in analyzing that right now because, yeah, like you said, we don't know. We don't know. But we know the U.S. will be there. Uh, hopefully, it will be a better performance. I wonder if – let's say that it's not let's say it's u.s mexico again it's it's an ugly performance but the u.s like tonight wins beats mexico wins a trophy like i do wonder how it will be received are people so caught up right now in process over results that they won't really be able to enjoy it or is any win for this team right now that yields a trophy just something to be celebrated i kind of hope that we can get to that place where it's we can me-
1: enjoy it oh it's mexico in a final and if if, if yeah yeah if it's mexico in a final um uh, if it's costa rica in a final we've we've got we've got beef with costa rica from the last qualification campaign where they came and and and, and <laughs> severely damaged our chances uh, as it turned out and um and with mexico if it is mexico Bearhalter, i think if the two most chastening nights three i'd include canada away in that three most chastening nights two of those have been against mexico yeah the gold cup defeat in chicago where that was i mean that was a really engaging game and the friendly that happened that following september uh, september 2019 that was that was a tough defeat where you know some of our players did not acquit themselves in the fashion that we'd hoped we all remember uh Ticotito versus um, Sebastian or excuse me, uh, Sergio Dest. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then there was the Canada game. So if it's Mexico, it's a huge game. You, I, I, you can call it the CONCACAF chocolate cup. You can call it whatever you want. You can call it the, you know, sponsored by Windex. It Like it, do, it doesn't matter. It's mech. It'll be Mexico versus the U S or Costa Rica versus the U S two big rivals in CONCACAF. If, if, I know you're on about, you know, if they win it, that's great. Uh, performances will matter. A good performance will lead to a victory. And, um, and the performance wasn't good tonight. So that's, that's, why, um, that's why there's people that, you know, okay, it's great to be in the final, but that wasn't a good performance. We're hoping yeah. for a better performance on Sunday.
0: No, you're right. I just know that this is a thing that this American fan base can sometimes do. Uh, and look, I get it. I, I have a lot of that in me as well. But I remember like you and I would joke about it during the Women's World Cup where like the U.S. women are winning every game and people just like couldn't couldn't enjoy that because they were so annoyed with Jill Ellis and some of her decisions. And and I remember I was talking about it and being like, right. people are just going to rip her all the way through her carrying that trophy off the field, aren't they like and this is different obviously this
1: is different because but, like,
0: but we but as a fan base we do have some of that in us where we get so caught up in what it looks like sometimes that I wonder if it if it takes away uh, from enjoying the results
1: yeah and but I think there's a disconnect there what what it looks like um what if, what it looks like influences the results like a good performance you can see it that was not a good performance tonight but Agreed. we got it we got it done but you you know you can't deny the things that you see with your eyes and your ears and um and and, and the thing that annoys me about this fan base in the past has never been um, what the wanting more it's the losing their minds at like hockeying some team 7-0 or 5-0 or 4-0 or beating like the Netherlands and Germany in a friendly that's the the stuff that annoys me yeah but than-
0: that uh, that stuff doesn't happen as much anymore Nope. I think the, I think the fan base has learned and changed the, I like the, will... those, those seven nils. Like all you heard was, yeah, but look who it was against. That's re- I mm. mean, we enjoyed it. It was fun to watch our guys score a lot of goals, but that was the overriding theme of that whole run of games.
1: Nah, I'm not so sure about that. I'll never ever forget the fireworks in Orlando the night, like with one game left
0: well first of all that was not i'll never that was not a meaningless friendly that was a world cup qualifier
1: with with fireworks even though the job wasn't done
0: again i think i think that's we're having one of these disconnects of cultures like i think sometimes you just get more pageantry in american stadiums oh (laughs) i'm serious like nfl games at kickoff when the ball is kicked, fireworks go off around the top of the of stadiums. Like, I, I don't think it's quite as unusual as you might have deemed it. I
1: be. had not seen fireworks. Uh, I suppose it's all conditioned by what came after that night, which we shall not speak of. But anyway, we're, we're going off topic here. Um, Sunday, I want a good performance. Uh, you know, a, a good performance and a defeat will w- w- mean a lot that would mean a huge amount and, and it's something we can carry forward. Um, but we don't know who we're playing yet. So we're, we're kind of shooting in the dark here, my friend.
0: Well, I look forward to it. Uh, it will be nice to see this team in action once again. I'm very curious what the starting 11 will look like, how many new faces we'll see. We did not see Yunus Musa tonight. It wouldn't shock me if we saw him on Sunday. I'd kind of like to see him, to be perfectly honest. We'll see if Tyler Adams is healthy enough to play for the U.S. I think that would be vitally important given some of what we saw tonight. Um, But I would also tell them don't push it. It's not, you know, it's important, but it's, you know, don't, don't hurt yourself further. That would be more important. Um, But hey, this was fun. Anytime you win a game in a, uh, in a game of meaning, it's, it's a good night, so I will take it. Um, But yeah, the performance left something to be desired. The game was not, was not full of joy we'll be back i guess on sunday are we going to have another bonus pod to recap that that's a late one i believe
1: we're in a final andrew yeah uh we're in a final and so it 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 uh, it behooves us behooves us to to do something for our listeners
0: well there you have it jj has spoken uh hey this was fun man we will we'll do it again on sunday when or lose. To you, I say...
1: Check your Sunday, Andrew. See ya. Take care. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs)